Welcome to Canella Bell. I'm Casey Kiernan filling in for Danny Canella. Welcome to Canella Bell. That is Rajah Bell as usual. His name is in the show. We have breaking news on a podcast. Uh-huh. The worst place to present breaking news, but here goes. Uh, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network says Panthers quarterback Cam Newton believed to be dealing with a Liz Frank injury. I'm told. Plan for now is to keep rehabbing him in hopes of returning and avoiding surgery. But it could be a while until he's back on the field. Kyle Allen's show until then. So the interesting part about this was at first it was a mid-foot sprain. Right. It's just weird. Uh, they were hoping it would remain a sprain. Instead, it's a Liz Frank injury, which means that he's dealing with uh, dislocated bones. And obviously foot injuries, very hard to deal with and come back from. So it's going to be Kyle Allen and the... Uh, he's not a rookie. He's your second year guy in his second start through four touchdown passes, returning home to Arizona. So is this a good thing for the Panthers? Even though Cam Newton obviously beloved in Carolina, but Kyle Allen looked pretty good. Well, I think it is a good thing for the Panthers. Um, I'm one of the biggest Cam fans there is. He's not looked like himself, uh, physically and emotionally from afar, uh, recently. Um, yeah. you know, his play obviously has been banged up and there have been, you know, speculations as to the shoulder and what actually was going on there. And then the foot injury is really messy and it's an uncertain injury. And for those reasons, he hasn't been himself on the field. Um, but I've watched, you know, his body language, um, at press conferences. I've watched kind of his demeanor. He looks exhausted at times, uh, by the process of having to get up to the podium and answer questions. And those type of things give me a little bit of pause and concern about where he is mentally. So I think if you're dealing with the quarterback who seems to be compromised both physically and emotionally, um, Having another guy in the wings that you can kind of see what he has and kind of test him out is a good thing. It buys the Panthers time, gives them a little bit more opportunity to see um, the young kid without having Cam uh, breathing down his neck in terms of wanting to play right away. You've bought yourself a window of opportunity where you can assess and see if this is your quarterback uh, moving forward, see if Kyle Allen is the guy. And then that would have to be a very tough discussion if he were the guy, but it's one that franchises have to make all the time. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton, former MVP, coming up on the schedule at Texans, Jaguars, Buccaneers at the 49ers, hosting the Titans at the Packers. Look, and so, I mean, this is a manageable schedule. And by the way, Kyle Allen looked really He looked good great. Against the Cardinals. No, but I mean, I, I don't mean he was a world beater, you know, and I'm not saying that he's the next coming of Dan Marino, like we said about Patrick Holmes the other day. But I, what I am saying is in that offense where – you know, for the last few years, it didn't really look like they had a whole lot of playmakers other than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You drop Kyle Allen in, guys make plays because he was accurate with the ball, right? And yes, there was something to be said or there is something to be said about it being against Arizona, but accuracy is a big deal when you're dealing with high level, you know, talent, even in the NBA. If you're passing the ball to me and I am a 42% three point shooter, which is really good. Yeah. You're passing it to me at my knees. Guess what my what my, my Your percentage it goes drops way to down. like thirty two like if Steve Nash was so good John Stockton so good um you, you're talking about um you know Mark Jackson Isaiah Thomas like all the great point guards so good because they gave you the ball where you wanted the ball mm-hmm. they put it on your hands Chris Paul because and then you're able to do what you do and that's what Kyle Allen did for those playmakers the other day that's what um Cam Newton hasn't been able to do as of late uh, with the Panthers yeah he's been dealing with that shoulder injury he had shoulder surgery. In the offseason, his second shoulder surgery. And when he was hit by TJ Watt middle of the way through last season, their season completely tanked. Uh, and clearly he's been dealing with something and they were off to one and one before Kyle or oh and two before Kyle Allen got their first win. Uh, and I, interesting what you said. 
you know, if he is the man, it's going to be a tough decision to make, right? But I agree, they would make it. Because right now, after every loss, the first thing people say is, how long until blank gets fired? Right. Either it's the GM, the head coach, the offensive coordinator. And now these GMs, head coach, whatever, with their backs against the wall, see that performance. It doesn't matter how beloved Cam Newton is or how many games he's won or his MVP. Like, they would roll with the undrafted kid. I... It's a really tough comment. They would. I know I that he's I loved in I can't guarantee you that. No. I can't guarantee. I mean, if, listen, if you're I mean, dealing. Even if the you're Cowboys dealing, got rid no. of Tony Romo when Dak Prescott came in. Not every rounder. not every general manager or executive office is built the same. They all don't have the same backbone. They all don't. They all don't have the foresight to understand what's, what's taking place. Like, we take for granted that anyone sitting in an executive seat is a genius. I can tell you unequivocally they are not. Right? So, like. You would make that move. Sure. I, I would make that move. I just can't guarantee you that that's what they would do in, in Charlotte with, with a face of the franchise type of quarterback yeah. like Cam Newton. I believe it would be the wise decision if Kyle Allen continues to produce and he looks like the guy that might carry you into the next few years, but I can't guarantee you they do it because I've seen front offices do some dumb stuff. All right. So let's see what happens next up there at Houston and Kyle Allen went to college in Houston. So it'll be sort of a second homecoming for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks last yeah. night, Monday night football, the Redskins absolutely rolled by the Chicago Bears. The defense does what it does caused five turnovers. Yeah. That was a career high for Case Keenum. He's pressing charges somewhere against somebody in a Chicago precinct right now. He was absolutely assaulted. He was. He was robbed of the ball five different yeah. times. <laughs> Lost two fumbles, three interceptions. And so a lot of people, of course, the natural question, yeah. is it time for Dwayne Haskins? And we've seen rookie quarterbacks step in already and young guys make an impact. Daniel Jones last week. What say you there on Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, so here's the deal. Case Keenum. Um, last night, I don't know that there's any shame in that. Like, that defense is just filthy. They're nasty. They're going to do that to a lot of people. Um, they're 0-3, though. Who's that? The Redskins. No, like, no, they're 0-3. No, no. no, I know out. they're facing the Bears, but... I mean, no, I'm, I'm going to finish I'll finish the point. Like, I, they, they, the defense can do that and make a lot of quarterbacks look pedestrian, is what yeah. I'm saying, the Chicago. So it's no... I don't really have a problem with Case Keenum prior to last night's game. He has not been bad. He hasn't been bad. The team's been bad, but he hasn't been bad. His first three interceptions of the year. This is one of those situations, though, where you can be great, Case Keen. I'm not saying you're great, but you can be okay and be doing your job, and it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it is time for Dwayne Haskins in Washington. It's time for us to roll out, um, you know, what we have deemed the quarterback uh, of the future, our franchise quarterback, and see what he's got. Now, I get they're, they're more, you know, politics involved in that. Like, you got, you know, Shanahan coaching for a job. There, there are other things in play there. Case Keenum might re- represent, Gruden. um, or Gruden, sorry. Um, he might represent the best chance for him to keep a job. And so he would want to ride with that. But that is when front offices have to really do their job and come down and say, Hey, listen, we get the sticky spot you're in. We understand why you might be enticed with, with Case Keenum's ability to go out there and manage a game and maybe, uh, give us a fractionally better percent chance to win the game. But we need to see the young fella. We, we spent draft capital on him. Yeah. He's the guy we think, you know, can, can carry us. Uh, as a franchise for a, a decade, we want to see him. The time is now. We're 0-3. Put him in the game. And at least he didn't go in the game against the Bears. Right? Yeah, and that like would have been a recipe would've, for disaster. You would want Case Keenum, you know, respectful and everything, but you would sure. want him in and not uh, – I told you that. I told you that story about me and um, Tyrone Corbin. I've never no. told you that. No. So they benched me in, in Utah. Um, it was time. Gordon Hayward was, you know, obviously. He's a great player. Um, and it was t- his time up. And so, you know, I, I went to the bench and – I think it was like two or three games, you know, I was coming off the bench in a backup role and Gordon was playing fine. And, um, 
Tyrell Corbin came to me in my locker. He said, hey, I'm going to start you tonight. And I'm like, what? You know, what the deal? He said, I don't think it's really fair for Gordon in his fourth game to have to match up and start against Kobe. Shut up. I, I love Gordon. Gordon was my rook. I like Gordon was a good dude. I was living. Oh, but it's kind of same Wait, situation. Did you play better that night or? I probably sucked. I don't know. I just remember I started because he didn't want to, he didn't want to roll Gordon out to the wall. Yeah. World you better. got 82 games. Yeah. These guys have 16. True. That's a great story. Next up, it's the Giants. So if he does start, I mean, that Giants defense is awful. Uh, and what a better time to start him. And by the way, he's, yeah. he's not because Jay Gruden said, I want to give Case Keenum. Shanahan, you mean? Jay oh, Gruden. Gruden? Oh, my bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Gruden said, I want to give Case Keenum ample time to be successful. But like you point out, this is what happens when you have a head coach who's on a different timeline than the fans and the GM right. and the owner, right? Like the fans, GM and owner all are having the long term view of things and the head coach sits there and thinks we have to make the playoffs this year when the whole world can see the Redskins are not going to make the playoffs, but he's trying to save his job. And so therefore they're going to roll with Case Keenum. They should not roll. <laughs> you again, coaches yeah. um, are at one level in a franchise. And if that has to be a decision, it's his decision. Over, it's not his decision at the end of the day. It happens all the time where you get, as a coach, you, you get what you're going to do told to you by someone above you. Yeah. Right. And, that conversation may not have to take place week four for Washington, but it's one that's coming very soon if he continues to ride with Case Keenum. By, by no fault of Case Keenum's. It's just where their franchise is right now, the circumstances surrounding that quarterback position, the investment they made in Dwayne Haskins. If he's not willing to do it, someone has to step in and be the smart guy in the room and say, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is what you're going to do. Next up, they have the Giants. The Giants do not have Saquon Barkley. We finally have a timeline on Saquon. Four to eight weeks. Yeah. And that really hurts, especially if you took him in fantasy football because he was the number one overall pick. That sucks. We're going to talk to Jamie Eisenberg later on. So oh, maybe I'll save this for Jamie Eisenberg then. Okay. No, I'll tell you right now. That's a deep um, tease. One of, my, one of my sons has Patrick Mahomes. Um, his grandma, who's playing in our league, loves oh. Patrick Mahomes, right? She's got Deshaun Watson and Saquon Barkley. So my son who has Patrick Mahomes, right, is like, you know, losing. Pat's getting his points, but he's like, yo, I want to swing this trade and get Deshaun Watson and Saquon for Patrick Mahomes because his grandma loves Patrick Mahomes so much that she would give it to him because she just wants Patrick Mahomes. So she was, she had reservations. It was Saturday afternoon. No BS. I mean, Sunday afternoon. Reservations, reservations, reservations. Finally, she got to the point where she was going to swing the trade. Two minutes later, Saquon Barkley goes down. <gasps> no way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pull the trigger on that. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. Yeah. Uh, bad story for me because I actually have Saquon in one of my leagues. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's a high ankle sprain. Yeah. How tough? We hear over and over it's a really tough injury to recover from. Do you have any experience with that? I don't. I've had teammates and I've watched them try to rehab them. It's uh, it's more of a lingering injury than a regular ankle sprain. They're ligament. There's some right? uncertainty. Yeah. Um. By the way, what does that mean, high ankle sprain, as opposed to like low ankle sprain? Like what? I'm no doctor, but the way I the way I understand it is like when you have a low ankle when you have an ankle sprain yes. like in your ankle and you roll it, those are the ligaments surrounding like the ankle joint itself. Okay. Um, I think a high ankle sprain is somewhere in between. Is it the tibia and fibula, like those two bones that run down your leg? They get separated and it and it sprains the the the. The cartilage or whatever in between those. No, yes, but that's the way I understand it. And for that reason, like, I think it's a little bit more of a dicey injury to come back from. I, I, look, the Giants, we've had this argument off air as to whether or not they'll be in a playoff hunt. Like some people are guaranteeing me seven wins because their schedule is is so bad. 
Here's here's what I worry about. Um, Daniel Jones came out and he looked great in week one. Now defenses are going to be able to sit there for a week and game plan for Daniel Jones instead of Saquon Barkley. Make no mistakes. Coming into games prior to this, the game plan was for Saquon. That's a right. Good point. So it left opportunities out there for your quarterback. It hurts Daniel Jones. It hurts Daniel Jones. Now he may be a big enough star and a good enough quarterback to overcome that. I'm not saying that he won't, but he's going to have to see a different level of prep for him yeah. than he would otherwise if Saquon was there. I wish I had the numbers of how he did after Saquon went out. I think Daniel Jones still played well. He played but, great, but they, that's not enough time to game. Plan yeah, that's just right there yes. in the moment. Right. Yeah, which is not enough time. Uh, this says here: Do you think they can make a playoff run with Barkley out eight weeks? I'm sorry. No reasonable person thinks that the New York Giants can make a playoff run. A, if it happened, it would have to be via a wild card because we know the Cowboys are going to win this division. Mm-hmm. No offense, Eagles fans. The Cowboys have the best, uh, the best offense in the NFC, I think. Uh, and then look at how bad the Giants' defense is. What? They're 31st in points, ridiculous. 31st in yards, and 32nd in passing yards per game. I love how that's the worst. It's Literally. the worst. Um, I love how Giants fans out here like completely take themselves out of the same category as a Washington or or a Detroit when or even a Miami. Like Miami's historically bad, possibly, but like you're in that conversation for 2019. Now going forward, no, for this played. year, like right, like oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, yes, totally. They are like worst of the worst. So, do you think they can make a playoff run? No, I don't think so. There you go, boom. All right, that actually had another. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, he said he was sick and he wasn't going to show up. Was he sick? Practice. Is that corroborated? Uh, no, there was a report on ESPN. Uh, somebody, Ryan Clark, I think said, yeah, yeah, he was sick. He there you threw go. up three times. There we go. So then that kind of throws it all. But the, the, the point remains though, he wants to be traded, right? Well, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, uh, what, what do you, you think do they should just put that contract in front of him that says 80 million? Well, here, why, highest paid why wouldn't you? If you if you are reluctant to trade him and you're not going to acquiesce to the, the request to be traded or the demand to be traded, yeah, why wouldn't you pay him his money? Like, what is it just about control at that point? No, I'm I'm asking like really if 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 you the guy says he don't want to be here and you don't want to pay him, yeah, is it then just about screwing him? I don't. I'm asking. I don't know. Otherwise, right. if you have no plans for him, trade him and get something back in return. You get. Multiple first round picks possibly for him right now. Oh, well, that's what they're asking. I don't think that they're able to actually get two first round. Picks. You get a first they're asking for two, uh, but maybe one if they drop their asking price down. Okay, but if you have no plans for him in your future, I get whatever what he saying. leaves, you're getting. That's a great nothing. point. But as it stands, he wants to trade, and apparently the person he has the most problem with is Tom Coughlin. Which, if you've heard the stories about how much of a hard ass, yeah, he Danny is. tells some of those. I mean, I don't know. I've never met the guy, but I mean, people say that, you know, he had like a, a, a rule in meetings. If you're five minutes, if you're more than five minutes, if you're less than five minutes early, yeah, you're, you're late. late. Yeah. That, like that, like that in a nutshell explains who Tom Coughlin is, uh, as a head coach and as a, a guy who's pulling the strings there. But I think if Gardner Minshew can continue what we've seen so far and Jalen Ramsey can put this to the side, accept that contract. This team may be able to rally, especially in that division, with no more Andrew Luck, yep. and the Texans have not looked unbeatable. Uh, so I think they could have something there if they figure this out and Gardner Minshew hits. Um, I've always said, I agree with you with the Gardner thing, I would say Jacoby Brissett's looked pretty good. And the Texans, I mean, look, they have a shot. I'm not saying they don't. And I like Gardner Minshew, and I've said on air before, I'll say it again, if you have plans for Jalen Ramsey, 
then you do everything you can to keep him in the building. That includes paying him. Um, now I'm not, I, I you know, I'm could not getting into. That, could you deal with that headache going what? forward? The man wants his money. Like so, once you pay, once you pay to do it, his money. Like Frank's truck, then the arguing on the sideline. And I'm not against paying guys. I want guys to make as much as they can. But do right. you think guy who drives Brinks truck, guy who yells at coach on the sideline, once he gets okay. 80 million, that's going to get any better? Guy, or who, worse? guy who drives a Brinks truck didn't. I mean, that didn't really affect anybody. That was like a prelude to me getting this money. That's what I'm about to get right I now. Get right. That. So a little bit of a show, but I really, at the end of the day, not really affecting anyone. Relatively harmless in in the fact that you showed up with a Brinks truck. The arguing on the sideline with the coach. I've seen Tom Brady do it. I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it. I've seen Russell Wilson do it. Yeah. I've seen I've seen every, you know, competitive quarterback or competitive statured player in most leagues have some sort of interaction. So you think with we're we're reading that it's an unfair bias I for us to be doing that because now, of the other Now when you start like, you know, I again, I don't know if Marone grabbed him and if he just got Marone off of him or if he hit Marone. Now you're talking about another level of physical altercation. But just arguing over a disagreement Guys between what play was called or what didn't get called, like that happens all the time. Yeah. Gracias, gracias. Yeah. Right. Welcome back. Casey Keenan, Rajah Bell joined by Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy expert. We were talking about all of these replacement quarterbacks that we saw there uh, in week three. Jamie, let's start with Daniel Jones. A lot to like, obviously. I think first rookie quarterback with over 300 yards, two passing, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, but it was against Tampa Bay, and now with no Saquon, they'll get to game plan against him. How do you evaluate Jones? Well, he goes from playing a freshman defense to the JV defense. I mean, you saw Washington make <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky look like a, a great fantasy option, and he's been struggling in, in the Monday night game last night. You know, So I think Daniel Jones has a good opportunity to build off what we saw in Week 3. It's also a Washington team that's playing on a short week and having to travel, and it's a short trip, obviously, from Washington to, uh, to East Rutherford. But I still think this is a, this is a good opportunity to buy into Daniel Jones, and you know it's going to be a week to week thing with him as a fantasy option because after this he gets Minnesota and New England. But for one week, I like him better than Tom Brady. I like him better than Baker Mayfield. That's not really saying much because Baker struggled, but you know to, to start him over Brady would you know take some guts. But uh, if I had that choice to make in one of my leagues, I would do it. So this is not necessarily a streaming thing. Are people in buys yet? This is the first week of buys. You have the okay. Jets, Jets and 49ers on a buy. So it. it's not necessarily a lot of big name quarter or big time fantasy quarterbacks missing. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Darnold are big names, but, uh, Garoppolo would be the only one that you would be looking at as a replacement. But remember, it's not just the bye weeks. You have no Roethlisberger, no Breeze, no Cam Newton. There are a lot of people that are scrambling to find quarterbacks mm -hmm. and Daniel Jones for at least a one week fix, maybe long term, could be a great option for him. Yeah. Interesting. Let me ask you about Kyle Allen. He went for 261, four touchdowns. He looked accurate. We were just talking about some of those weapons that you didn't even know were necessarily weapons anymore. Greg Olson getting the ball. Yeah. Um, are you buying him? I am. And I actually struggled with who I like better for this week to recommend. Uh, it, it's a good matchup as well. Houston has struggled. You know, the one team that they sort of contained from a passing attack has been Gardner Minshew. And Minshew actually had a chance to go over 20 fantasy points. He finished with 17, but, uh, the other two guys are, you know, pretty good. Drew Brees and, and, and Phillip Rivers. But like you said, you know, it's the weapons that he has, and it, it's kind of like any situation, Raj. I'm sure you've been in these scenarios before. You put a good player around great players, like like take an average basketball player around four good players. Yeah, he looks a lot better. Mm -hmm. Kyle Allen with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, and certainly Christian McCaffrey in a Norv Turner system looks good. And this is now two starts that we've seen from Week 17 last year, Week three this year, and again, good matchup for him. I don't like the situation. Two weeks on the road is always bad for NFL teams, but. If you're stuck, another guy that I would start over Tom Brady, too. All right. I want to circle back to the Giants. What do you expect from Wayne Gallman? Because the offense is actually good. 
they average over 400 yards per game, which I think is like somewhere top 10 in the league. So obviously they can move the ball. Will Gallman be able to? I think he'll be okay. You know, we've seen him as a starter or, or getting significant touches uh, as a rookie in 2017. So he has six games in his career with double digits and carries. In four of those, he has scored at least 11 or more PPR points. So what that means is he's been a decent fantasy option for your team. And that was, like you said, Casey, it was a, uh, with a bad offense. You know, Eli Manning was really struggling in 2017. Um, played better in 2018, but he was struggling. Offensive line wasn't nearly as good. And so it's also, uh, I think, a week-to-week thing. You know, most likely we're not going to see Barkley until their bye week, which is week 11, so week 12. But I think for this week against Washington, he's worth starting. And then if he comes out of this game playing well, as we get more and more into the bye weeks, more injuries occur, he could be a potential starter for you. But I don't think they're done adding to their backfield. I think we could see most likely somebody like a C.J. Anderson, who was just released by Detroit. Maybe a Doug Martin, Alfred Morris, Orleans Dark was certainly somebody that could be put on the list. But uh, I think he'll still be their lead back. And so he's not worth unloading your fab budget on, your free agent budget, in terms of you know if you have to do that type of thing. But I think 20 to 30% is on the table. Raja and I were talking earlier that we put the Giants in the same class as like the Dolphins. Who else were we <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, like the Washington. And, Washington yeah. for 2019, not for the future. Do you agree with that, or do you put they're, them? They're they're a step above. You okay. know, and I think the difference is is that they got their quarterback situation figured out. You know, at least that's the hope. You know, after one game, you you saw what Daniel Jones could be. It was a furious comeback. You know, you don't know what to expect as teams start to game plan for him. But I think he's going to light up Washington too. So that's I think one of those things. So yes, they're in that they're in that class, right? But and, they're at the head of that class. And he'll okay. have Golden okay. State here in two weeks. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so my older son had Antonio Brown. All of that stuff, you know, blew up. Um, now he needs a receiver. DJ Chark, uh, number one option. He's in that conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I would actually look at Philip Dorsett first, right. you know, just because of two reasons. One, I think he's going to play a lot because you no know, Antonio Brown, so right. he, he gets an opportunity there. But you also have Julian Edelman banged up. So if you uh, if you look at the receivers that we're going to talk about um, on fantasy football today coming up at noon Eastern, shameless plug. Um, uh, Chark is on the list. He's played really well, and I think it will continue. I don't know what will happen. It's not for a while, but when Nick Foles comes back, because I think Foles will still look for the D.D. Westbrook mm-hmm. checkdown type of passes. But Chark through three weeks has been great, and uh, I don't know about you, Raja, because your kid's a little bit older. I have an 18-month-old. And he likes to go chark do 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 do. Oh, you know, no so. doubt. So he's he's singing it all around. <laughs> no the house doubt. My prompt. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so how much do you take away from that Saints win over the Seahawks? Because I mean that was a weird game, right? Like we did not expect that to happen. Go into Seattle on Teddy Bridgewater and on Alvin Kamara. Because I remember you were telling me don't expect a lot from Kamara because they're going to game plan against him. But he really went off. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember us having that conversation on the to, set to, to, to say don't don't expect a lot from him. I think it's probably dial back. No, I, what I what you said. I, I, I know what you're saying that, but it was dial back expectation. Okay, okay not okay. to expect not you know this is this is a fantastic game. I, I wouldn't have said expect 36 fantasy. Okay, okay, but I, I I still think you know you were starting him clearly and and hoping that this was going to be the usage. The thing that you saw, I forget who tweeted it out, but somebody tweeted out all of Teddy Bridgewater's throws, and they were basically all within like the first 10 or 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. So he was check down, check down, check down, and Sean, you know, Payton. Uh, Sean Payton did a great job in making him feel comfortable. And so if Kamara's going to be seven, eight, nine catches as we saw here, then he's going to be fine. And Seattle just couldn't tackle. I don't know what they were doing. You know, that was a real poor defensive performance from them. But uh, moving forward, you know, I think if they can just sort of stay in the mix and then you get a healthy Drew Brees back, they could be the best team in the NFC South. That wouldn't be a huge surprise right now. Um, let me ask you about the Steelers. Mason Rudolph, 174, two TDs. Juju Smith-Schuster, 70 to change, one. James Conner hadn't really done much. What's your concern level with the skill players uh, and the Steelers? 
you know, I, I, you got lucky with the big play from Juju, but you know, any great player is capable of doing things like that. So you're still starting him. Uh, I think you're still starting James Conner, and I'm I'm still going to say the best is yet to come for both these guys, even though the the circumstances have changed without Roethlisberger. This is a this is a week where they should play really well because right. the Bengals are not good. They're at home, primetime game. Fans should be all juiced and excited. And this is basically their season. You know, they're they're zero and three. They have to win this game. You know, they can't go zero uh, and four and hope to still have any semblance of hope. Uh, I think you're going to see the defense continue to play better, so that will help things. You know, getting the ball back in their hands. But Connor, I think if you're the Barkley owner and you're like, oh bleep, what do I do now? It's not just the waiver wire to save you. It could be making some trades, and this is one of the better buy-low candidates because as long as he's healthy, he'll still put up right. the numbers. Is there an offensive line issue in Pittsburgh? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, they lost Gilchrist, you know, who they made the trade with to the Cardinals. Villanueva has not played well. So, the, again, it's, it, you know, when you have a great quarterback, it covers up so many things for you, you know, because Roethlisberger can change the protection at the line. He can change things in terms of what he's seeing because he's essentially like an extension of the office coordinator. In some cases, is the offensive coordinator. So, you know, he covers up a lot of holes where Mason Rudolph's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, not right. knowing what to do. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, again, I think it's they, – they played a, a tough schedule. You know, San Francisco's defense – is better than we gave it credit for. Had to go on the road. Tough spot for Rudolph to go into and, and, and play at that at that spot to, to make his first start. So this is a good landing spot for him to come back in the team to play better. And finally, we got Josh Rosen. Uh, he got his first start of the year last week. They were blown out in Dallas, despite keeping it tough there in the first half. Should we just avoid all Dolphins fantasy players at all? Costs? Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> one of those teams. You know, we, we like to, uh, when we speed up things, when we go through um, – whether it's our FFT podcast or or or, or uh, FFT on on HQ um, to speed up time, start all, sit all. Yeah. Whenever you're playing the Dolphins, <laughs> start all the other guys, sit all the Dolphins players. Now, I, I will say this: if you're the Kenyon Drake older owner, hold him for one more week. Yeah. Because that could be something the Giants explore. We know the Dolphins are acquiring assets, and if the Giants maybe beat Washington, Gallman doesn't play well, and they feel like, oh, we're two and two, maybe we have a shot now until Barkley comes back. Can we get Drake for a sixth round pick. Right. You know, maybe it's worth holding on to just to see if they make that type of move. I got one more question, and yep. this is just complete ignorance because it's my first time in fantasy. But my brother-in-law is beating us a lot of time from defensive like pickups that he makes. Um, and so he's just going week to week, flipping out defenses, looking for the desirable matchup. And I'm sticking with the Bears. Okay, like should I be in the flip game too? Well, yes and no. Uh, I think for your case, the Bears have been very good so far. They're right. great last night, obviously. Yep. Um, but. You know, if you get the chance to, I don't know their schedule in front of me, so I apologize. But if you get the chance to, when they're playing a little bit tougher opponent, this is not the week because yeah. it's Minnesota, um, and the team playing the Dolphins is available, or the team that. playing the Jets. Okay, that's so good, that's don't drop the Bears, right? But maybe pick up a second defense. Problem is, it's roster management. You don't want to carry two defenses right. because then you're sort of losing out on some other spots. But I think yours is an 18 league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have a lot of great players on the waiver wire at your disposal but your, your brother is doing the smart thing all right i gotta get i got i'm hip now i'm hip bro i'm hip so right. miami has some pretty bad defenses on their schedule like i'm looking here at the redskins they got the giants should i even stream those defenses on those weeks against Miami? yeah i mean really you know, yeah, look josh rosen played much better than fitzpatrick and he did something that i think we thought fitzpatrick would do which would take some chances you know and and that's going to lead to some turnovers you know fitzpatrick didn't have the best of luck you know kalen balaj bouncing the ball off his hands and things of that nature but yes, I mean, that's just the way that you go, especially when we get into those bye weeks where the Bears aren't available to you. You know, the the Vikings aren't available. You know, when we get to those spots and, and you're saying, OK, what's the best bet? The best bet is to play against the Dolphins in more times than not. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Canel and Bell. Casey Kiernan filling in for Danny with Raja and Mark Stein of the New York Times is reporting that there's increasing fear that the Lakers believe Kyle Kuzma has that foot injury will force him to miss the beginning of training camp. That's interesting. Now, um, I don't have a high level of concern, but you know, anytime a foot injury specifically kind of lingers like that, and I don't think we've got any real clear message as to what the actual injury is. There's always a little bit of concern, but ultimately I think he'll be fine. Training camp, you know, it's a long season. You know what I mean? So like you'd like for him to be in training camp, but if he can't get it cracking for the start of training camp, you know, sometimes stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, I would see like, you know, a win or two, even in October or November, could matter come the end of the season because it's going to be a pretty stacked West. Yeah, NBA teams don't treat it like that, though. Like, you see them, they rest guys. You know, they're willing to sacrifice a few wins. Now, it, ultimately, they, it could, for sure. Your point I mean, is— they got, like, a primetime game right off the bat. I forget yeah. who they open up against. But, look, I mean, do you think it would make that big of a difference between a win and a loss not having Kyle Kuzma early on? Um, Theoretically, yeah, it could. I mean, they're not a very deep team, I don't think. No. So, you know, you want him. If he's at your disposal, you you want him out there. The question is— whether you risk any type of further, you know, injury with whatever his foot injury is. And I, I don't have the answer to that. All right. Uh, so they start off the, uh, training camp on Saturday with practices. Is really? I know. Can you believe that? Two practices on Saturday. My God. Crazy. Uh, report here. Andre Iguodala is not going to report to Grizzlies training camp. They have mutually agreed to let him stay away while the Grizzlies look for a trade. Uh, which title contending here, uh, team here do you think? Could use Iguodala the most. We've got odds here uh, for the title. You got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Rockets, the Sixers, the Warriors, and the Jazz. Who do you think could use Iguodala? Um, the Lakers, in light of the Kyle Kuzma situation, <laughs> could could have well, some just could heard. have some interest. But again, I that Kyle Kuzma thing could be like, hey man, we're gonna give him an extra week to heal up, and he's fine. Or you know, you know what I mean. Or it could be Liz Frank, and they haven't released it. Who knows? Um. I would say the Rockets. I was going to say Rockets do that yeah, shooting. They, they do, and they need that wing. I've been clamoring for them to go ahead and get that wing type of defensive presence, like, a la Trevor Ariza like two or so years ago. So that fills a need that I've seen the Rockets like have since they lost Trevor Ariza. Right. I think if he went to the Warriors, it'd be boring. Yeah. That'd be boring if he went back to the Warriors. Yeah, like never the Warriors. Like that ship has sailed. Are they even down for that? The Warriors? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, didn't it kind of end a little messy? Yeah, I think he took a couple. He might have took a couple little jabs. He was doing yeah. a book tour or something like that, I remember. I but you could take the Warriors off that list. Those things really end well. Um, the Jazz are another team where he'd be a good fit with the, what they've started to put together well, out there. would he do that? Well, it doesn't matter because they're know. looking for a trade partner. Yes. So whether he likes it or not. Correct. Um, you know, those are two names. But I think the Rockets would, would, would be uh, probably highest I mean, on that it's list. funny because at this point he's got rings, right? And since it's a trade, I assume his salary is locked in. Yeah. So, I mean, his motivation just has to be winning, right? I'm, or would it be lifestyle? Would it be living in L.A.? I mean, what it was someone at that point in his career yeah. is looking for what? What is I the would priority? imagine it would be the priority would probably be winning. So, while L.A. or Houston may be more desirable a location to live than, let's say, I don't know, Sacramento. If Sacramento represented that much more of an opportunity to win a championship, he may go to Sacramento, right? Or if Milwaukee, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think um, at the end of the day it's going to be uh, decided by the location. I think it's going to be for him, it's going to be a winning. He's going to want to win. Right. I think it's one year on his deal. Is it one or two, Joey? What's he got left? Joey, jump in. 
I am not positive. Let me. I'll look up the details on his, on yeah. his deal. But look. one of the t- the team that I think is not being talked about enough for maybe their lack of depth is the Clippers. I mean, their wing players. Here's the, the thing: Kawhi and Paul George, great. But sure. then the only other wings that they're going to be playing major minutes are Mo Harkless and Landry Shamit, who's entering his second year. I mean, they have Bet, Pat Bev and Lou Will, but they're guards. Yeah, I would um, even say Landry's more of a and guard. Landry's a guard. I mean, Mo. They've drafted Terrence Mann. He probably won't play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mantra's Harrell's a big, you know, I, they're not super deep. I don't think people are talking about it a ton. That's a good point. Um, Man, I'm feeling that roster, though. Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell. What is it going to cost you Hell to get, yeah. to get Andre Patrick Patrick dollar right now? Dude, I'm feeling. See, that's why they're favorites. You're there. talking about a defensive team. Like, you're talking about an all-time defensive Iggy's team. Iggy's on the last right. year of his deal. Iggy's on the last year of the deal. You you have a lineup where you go small ball. Yeah. You drop Patrick Beverly, Andre Iguodala at like the four, let's say. Kawhi Leonard at the two, Paul George at the three, or vice versa. And then Montrez Harrell. You'd be small as hell, but do you know what type of havoc you're going to wreak defensively? Yeah, that's nasty. You know who else was small? The Warriors' death lineup for years with Iggy. True, true, true. All right, so uh, the NBA instituted some new rules on tampering. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you here the details. Annual, I want to get your point-by-point reaction to this. Annual random auditing of five teams' communications with rival front offices and player agents, along with the league having the mandate that it can, quote, undertake more in-depth investigations where cause exists. This sounds like a landmine. How do you pick the five? You say they're random, but how do you pick which five? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? So you're gonna this is like phone tapping? Why this is wire tapping? This is wait, this is forensic scrubbing of people's computers and emails and all of that. Text messages, the whole thing. Is it that like a pro, like there's it, it kind of, so not so what they're not doing is this they're not going as far as to say player to player because they know they can't enforce that right right so players sitting down in Vegas or wherever sure. they're not going to do that because they understand that's not enforceable here's another thing there was a rule that was pitched that if an agent talks to you before the trade deadline window opens. You have to report him immediately or else you're fined some amount of money. Report him immediately for talking to you. And they also didn't do that because they were like, look, that's not realistic. Who's going to ruin their relationship with some agent? Correct. So they tried to make this as realistic, as realistically enforceable as possible while still trying to. I don't know that the answer to that is being not out of control. I don't listen. I don't. First of all, you can try all you want with the tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. Like it's like steroids. Right? right, they're always ahead of the test, bro. So you're not going to stop the tampering. Um, I do have concerns on a lot of levels about the NBA coming in and saying, "Hey, we're going. We want to look through your computer. We need. We need to check out all of the all, all the emails that you Why? got." Why? Well, do you have something to hide? <laughs> I might have any number of things to hide. I mean, it might not have anything to do with ham- tampering. Like my life. Maybe to- I don't want you combing through my life. So don't do your life on your work computer. That's a good point. But what about my cell phone? What about your cell phone? Well, it's my cell phone. Like you would delete all the pictures you don't want them to see. And I just have a pro look, I, I hear what you're saying. I would I think that's a line that you don't want to start crossing where you're saying, Hey man, we're gonna everybody in the office, you walk into the office, everybody drop your phones in the the FBI's here essentially. Everybody drop all your electronics in the bin. We'll give them back to you at the end of the day. We're gonna comb through all your stuff. Right. I don't. I don't want, the NBA shouldn't be operating like. That. I'm in favor of it because before you had these tampering rules that weren't being followed, right? And the like. I remember the prevailing notion was if you're not cheating, you're not trying, which is BS. 
Like, dude, if you're going to have rules, have them enforceable. Like, I remember when Mitch Kubchak was on his way out with the Lakers. You can't enforce. You can't do that. If you're not going, if you're then not. Then why going, have the rules? You have to have the rules. Mitch Kubchak said, I will not cheat like that. That is because he was from the old school where they didn't cheat, right? And so he got screwed there on the way out, and he spent all that money on Luol Deng and Mozgov. And people were saying, this dude is, uh, he's a has-been. We need a cutting-edge guy because he refused to break those rules. And now if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Enforce the rules if you're going to have Listen, this is this has gone on forever. This is not a new thing. People have behind closed doors communicated, tried to figure out. When I was, a, the last time I was a free agent, I had a list of like, my desired destinations. And I had heard from eight, nine, 10 teams before the season I was playing even ended right. as to whether or not they would have interest and what level of interest they would have. Like via my agent, it's, it, it happens, man. It's, it's a, I don't know that whatever rule you put in place is going to stop it. And again, I would make the case that whatever rule you put in place, agents, players that are desiring an outcome are going to figure out a way to skirt around those rules yeah. and get it done. Like, I don't know that you're solving the problem here with the NBA. I appreciate you looking at it and saying right. the optics of this are not good, right? Like the way it's playing out in the media and the way it's, it's not a good it's look. It's obvious. So here's what we're going to do. Like, we're going to, we're going to make a stance on it. I just don't know that you can really affect huge change, um, with this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my two of the takeaways from it are one, like we talked about when the Doc Rivers uh, interview came or when the Lakers, the Clippers thing came out last week and they were talking about how the Clippers gave Kawhi a list of players he wanted to play with. And he said, right. I want to play with Paul George. How do you stop? First of all, how do you stop Kawhi Leonard and Paul George from being buddies and wanting to play together? You don't. And secondly, look, we just showed the odds for the, t for the title. Like, isn't this the most excited people have been? Like, this is the first time in, what, a decade that we're not walking into the year knowing who's going to win a title if Kevin Durant... And because Clay of Thompson. tampering, right? right? Right, but I'm saying it's the most excited people have been for years, and it's the most wide open the league's been for years. It's probably going to be the most competitive season we've seen in a long time. Yeah, Like, who cares ultimately, if tampering... It's, ultimately if, if, tampering caused, if tampering right. caused that, then who cares? Right, so they want to keep tampering rules in place because the small markets get... Uh, paranoid that our stars are going to get poached, Listen, right? Your star, your small markets, you're le they're leaving you anyway. If yeah, you I don't build so. a championship within the window of time that you got them on the rookie deal for the most, they're leaving you if they're stars. Regardless, right? that's the way. That's life, man. Yeah, like that. That transcends sport, right? That could, you you talk about you know any number of things, man. Like you're a decent looking dude, right? Like you know you got a girl, you're overachieving a little bit, man. Somebody else rolls around better looking, more money, like that, you probably gonna lose that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Unless, I mean, I don't know. Like, it happens in every facet of life. Like, I, it, it, you're, you're not stopping it with the tampering rule. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Here's another thing. The maximum fine for tampering is 10 million bucks. Does that go against your cap? Or is, no, the, or, hey, good, good hey, or is the 10 million just part of the price of doing business? I don't know. <laughs> we're talking to Giannis. Does it bring a championship? All right. Uh, there's one more rule. Uh, there's two, but we're going to focus on this one. Teams have to turn in their starting lineups 30 minutes prior to games. It's to increase transparency for teams, media, and fans. Sweet. And I think it's because of gambling and fantasy. Hey, that's probably a better take because I don't even know how I mean, competitively. Like, yeah, I would want to know if your best player is starting. But realistically, yeah. you know, if I miss that because it was 10 minutes as opposed to 30 minutes, I'm like, uh-oh, I just got to get my, you know, you get up and get in the game. It's not anything that's going to cost me any major amount of points. So okay. probably has more to do with gambling than so anything else. Who do you think is going to have a big problem with it? Maybe fan, you know, maybe there's a guy looking for aftermarket seats to a game or something like that, and he's waiting to see if 
if LeBron is, you know what I mean? I don't know, something like that. But for a competitive edge, I don't see how this makes any difference. difference. Really. Yeah. So does it just put a pressure on the coach to come up? No, he knows no real pressure. He knows the lineup. He knows it. Yeah. So why, why hasn't it been released earlier than ten minutes? I don't prior know. To this? I don't know. Like we're we're dealing in like these are all stupid. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like who would have an issue with this? Greg Popovich, maybe. I, again, this is something that really has no impact on no impact. anything that you're doing. Yeah, I think it's just gambling. It's the fact that the NBA is one of the leagues that's sort of, you know, progressive on that yeah. issue, on the gambling issue. And obviously, who's in the game has a huge impact on what the money line is, what right. the spread is, what the total is. Right. Uh, so, you know, they want it to be out. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty clear case of that. And those are the rules that will be instituted. I don't know when they're going to actually go in place. They're probably immediate. And there's there's a, a, a change on on traveling as well. The verbiage around traveling will also be revised. Uh, will yeah. probably hurt James Harden's game just a little bit. See James Harden now changing the game, and he, he is changing rules. He is case in point um, that like he is going to find your new rules. And he's as good as there's been at doing it. Dude. And he's going to figure out a way to be right in that gray area where you don't know exactly what to do with that. And there's no verbiage to describe what Correct. he's doing. Correct. And he's going to get away with it. Dude. And that's a credit to him. If like, he, he is, doesn't win a championship, what a legacy. Like to have multiple rules because of you. Because of you. Right? <laughs> like the, the going up and leaning in rule yeah. to yeah. foul and then this rule. Welcome back to Canelo Bell. I'm Casey Kiernan filling in for Danny Canelo alongside Raja. So, funniest soundbite of the week came from a man who had just saved children from a burning building. Mm-hmm. And he's an Eagles fan, sort of. Listen. He's assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps, I like to put that out there. What? <laughs> and his mishap. Yeah, the pause for effect with the big eyes in the camera was really good too. That was hilarious. Philly fans are they're a special they're a special breed. No, they are. They are. They are definitely special. Did you there was another I saw a, a Philly fan. Uh they had a video of him went viral. So good. He was like F bombing and throwing fingers up and all that kind of stuff. Just completely Where? out of his mind at an Eagles game. Okay. Um and so a couple of days later, they find out who the guy is, and he's dean of admissions at UPenn. Shut up. Yeah, like one of the most prestigious, like, He was drunk? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he was drunk or anything. He was just out there just getting it in, being a fan. Okay, two things about this story with the guy in Nelson Aguilar. So Aguilar responded to the guy on Twitter, ah. said, help me out, Twitter. I'd like to find this guy. Give him tickets to the game. Here it is. Oh, that's funny. Thank you for being a hero. Next home game. Yeah. What do you think the guy is going to say when yes. he's Aguilar? He, no, no. He's going to be like, Oh, by the way, I'm a big fan. I'm oh, just... totally. It's all be jokes. It's all love. Have you ever had that happen where someone like heckled you and then you confronted them and then they backed down immediately? I had, I was suspended after this took place, right? After that took place. Yeah. I was pointing at the Kobe picture. I was podcast. suspended, um, for the next game. I believe it was game six in LA. So I spent the, um, evening at, at a, at a bar off of Rodeo watching the game with my, my agent. Um, mm-hmm. That's bad. And so people really didn't know who I was. So I was just sitting there like no one was messing with me. I went to the bathroom and there was two guys like and I was waiting to uh, wash my hands. And one guy was giving me the absolute business, the treatment, the MFs, the whole nine. Was he drunk? Piece of whatever. Like he was going in. Right. And so um, when he got up, he dried his hands. He turned around and he looked me right in the face 
and he looked like he saw a ghost. He knew he knew who I was, obviously. And he was oh no no no. I was like, hey bro, don't wait wait. Don't worry he was about. talking about you. Yes, he was a Laker fan, and he didn't know that you were there. He didn't know that I was standing That's behind him to wash his hands. So when he turned around, like I'm standing there looking at him in the face, were you and he mad? Looked like he saw a ghost. No, I don't. I didn't. Yeah, like you know, I was. Yeah, it was whatever, man. I said, don't worry about it, brother. Just keep it moving. It's hilarious, though. Okay. The kid, I mean, his face turned just like pale as a ghost. You know. This is another crazy wrinkle from this story. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Kurt Warner sent out this like hot take talking about quarterbacks and who you trust as a receiver. A guy tweets at Kurt Warner, would you trust Nelson Aguilar to catch a baby thrown from a burning building? <laughs> and he tweeted that four days before it happened. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of creepy. How does that happen? Yeah. How crazy is that? I don't know. The guy basically predicted exactly what that guy was talking about. You check some that arson, is weird. Arsonish type. <laughs> that is some weird stuff. Uh, okay, and this is what we're going to wrap this thing up. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Shaq is still upset about not becoming the first ever unanimous MVP. He says, Fred Idiot Hickman, the one guy I didn't vote, <laughs> I hate him. I don't need to talk to him. Nothing to apologize about because he destroyed history being a blank. Of what was the blank? Weird. What was the blank? I don't know. A jerk? Yeah. Uh, do you do you agree with yeah. Shaq being salty? Yeah, why not? I mean, he should have been the unanimous unanimous. The guy voted AI. You were AI's teammate one. I have no brief for it. I mean, AI won it the next year, I think. Um, but that particular year, like you're gonna be the one, the one dude. You're one out of all. They chose the right AI. Nah, but yeah, the shot. real MVP that next year was Raja Bell because the Sixers went from a five seed to a championship. Boom! Boom! I only played in one series and then part of another. <laughs> Definition of valuable. You take a team, you drop you in, yeah. they go to the I mean, champion. I mean, what are you to Basically believe? how my career went down in a nutshell. I think this guy, Fred Hickman, did a good thing because almost 20 years later, we are saying Fred Hickman still on the air. Point. That's legit. Fred Hickman.